This episode is dedicated to Sean O'Malley, the demented brain behind the Instagram account Demon Peaks and one half of the Dark Peaks podcast, where he once described me as a, quote, filthy monster. You can also follow Sean's YouTube channel at the Tono Makai. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and to be truthful, I don't care. But seriously, check the show notes for the link. Thanks, Sean. The Other Side of Darkness is brought to you in part by Tweed's Cafe of North Bend, Washington, the real-world site of the Twin Peaks Double R. Stop by in person at 137 West North Bend Way for a slice of cherry pie and a damn good cup of coffee, and follow Tweed's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tweed's Cafe. This episode is also brought to you by Unwholesome Peaks, the latest addition to the weird pantheon of meta-Twin Peaks Instagram accounts. You can follow Unwholesome Peaks on Instagram at, you guessed it, Unwholesome Peaks. Welcome to The Other Side of Darkness, an episodic Seinfeld parody story that follows Jerry, George, Elaine, and Kramer on a dark and mysterious journey inspired by the work of David Lynch. The Other Side of Darkness is produced by Sign Peaks. I'm Jesse, also known as Sign Peaks, your host and narrator. You're about to listen to part two of The Other Side of Darkness. If you haven't listened to part one yet, go back and do that first, or this isn't going to make much sense. And if you enjoy the show, do what you can to spread the word. Share a link on Facebook, give us a rating on iTunes, whatever you can do. I can't reveal the total episode count yet, but I will say the story is far from over, so there's a lot more in store from here. Stay tuned after the show for this week's musical guest, Bambi Lamb. Now, please enjoy Seinfeld, The Other Side of Darkness, Part 2, The Vision. Light may fade slowly, or all at once. If left alone, the fire dies. Soon only embers will remain. Fire may be snuffed with water or by suffocation. When the light disappears, we are blind. This is the beginning of fear. In time we adapt to darkness. We see what was once invisible. This is the beginning of wisdom. But if we enter into darkness, into fear, when do we see? When does wisdom come? Sign Peaks presents Seinfeld, The Other Side of Darkness, Part 2, The Vision. Welcome. Can I help you find anything? Just looking. Well, we've got seasonal bouquets on the first shelf and some really nice arrangements over by the window. Let me know if you need any help. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't like any of these. Hi, Frederick. Go look at this one. Could you imagine? So oh, Christ on a cracker. <laughs> oh, she would die all over again. What's the occasion? Funeral. Ah, a celebration of life. My condolences. Someone close to you? His mother? An especially painful loss, I'm sure. Our mothers are the wellsprings of our very lives guiding our fledgling souls into this world with their own bodies as vessels. A sacrificial life, and one to be honored. Might I suggest roses? We are thinking lilies. Understandably. But indulge me. 
A rose is a symbol of love. And is our mother not our first love? Forming our conception of the ideal mate, setting our compass as we venture into the unknown. Patrick, let's go somewhere else. If I may, I just received these roses today from a Japanese supplier. You'll notice the unusual color, mauve, almost blue. Patrick, I am getting fed up with this guy, can we go? A rose of this color can symbolize many things. Love, death, the unknown, the unattainable. In fact, look, we are not interested in roses, okay? I am through with you, with your flowers, with your stupid stories. Now, do you want to shut up and let us leave? Or do you want me to make you feel pain? Because I can make you feel pain. <laughs> I've upset you. I apologize. Come on, Cedric. Hasta el último perro. I swear to God. Your mother was a special woman, Bob. Excuse me? A rare life deserves a rare flower. If you change your mind, I'll be here. Fucking freak. Jerry stands behind the couch in his apartment, pouring a glass of water into the flower pot that sits on his table. He sets down the glass and leans down to smell the bright pink lotus flower. He brushes the leaves aside and finds a bell-shaped seed pod growing underneath. Jerry takes the pod in his hand and runs his thumb over its surface. A dozen holes cover the skin of the plant. Jerry digs into one with his thumbnail and pulls out a small blue seed. He holds the seed between his fingers, studying it. Then, slides it into his mouth and bites down. Huh. Well, I'm dead! <laughs> What's with you? Got a phone call today. I think it was a recording. George Lewis Costanza. What is done in the shadows will be revealed in the light. Your sins stick to you like glue. Return to sender. Goodbye. Oh, it was very insidious. What is done in the shadows will be revealed in the light. What is that, Star Wars? I think it's the Bible. Well, what have you done in the shadows? Me? Everything. I lie every day. I don't even keep track anymore. Hmm. Well, what was the voice like? Woman's voice, uh, mid-thirties, maybe. Attractive. Attractive? Yeah, I like a recorded voice. No pressure to sound smart. They can't hear you anyway. Yeah, that's a good fit for you. Uh, hey, tell me something. Come here. Someone sent me a flower pot today. Now, what do you think this label says? Mantak. No, that's an N. Nakahama? Nakahama Broadcasting Corporation, Japanese NBC. Maybe they came around on the Jerry Pilot. Mm, I don't think so. No, no, think about it. The lotus is a sacred flower in eastern countries. Maybe it's a signal. 
Oh, like you know about Eastern culture. <laughs> oh, like you do. Hey, buddy. Can I uh, borrow your trench coat? Kramer, you already have my trench coat. No, I don't. J. Crew, black lining, three inner pockets? Yeah. That's my jacket. You borrowed it last winter, forgot it was mine, and I'm guessing you don't know where it is. Well, I want the beltless one. You're not taking the executive. Why? Because you've reached your limit on borrowed trench coats. Come on, come on. I'm meeting a person of interest in the Bob Sacramento case tonight. I need to look like I know what I'm doing. You're gonna need more than a trench coat. Jerry, I'm asking, as a friend, you know, a friend in need is a friend indeed. It's in the closet. You're a pal. <laughs> what is that? What, the flower? It's a lotus. Oh, no, 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 not the flower. The other thing with the holes. <laughs> oh, it's a pod, I think. Those are the seeds. No, holes aren't seats. Seats are seats. Holes are holes. Kramer, what's the matter with you? That thing's evil, Jerry. Evil? Oh, you better believe it. I'm picking up some negative energy here. Negative energy, huh? Oh, extremely negative energy. I mean, I can't even think straight. You gotta get rid of it, buddy. Well, I like it. Well, either it goes... Or I go. Kramer, don't be ridiculous. Oh, yeah, laugh it up. Yeah, it's just crazy Kramer with another crackpot conspiracy, huh? Yeah, well, maybe I am crazy. But, Jerry, there's a little thing called intuition. It's intangible, unconscious, and it's telling me that you are going to rue the day that you brought that thing into your home. Oh, I'll rue, huh? Oh, you'll rue. You'll rue. Big time! I'll be back later for the coat. Elaine sits on a packed flight, sandwiched between a snoring man and a child who won't stop staring at her. God, look at this guy. He's gonna snore the whole way to Tokyo. Oh, I shouldn't be in coach with these animals. Peterman sends me halfway around the world at a moment's notice. The least he could do is book first class. And what the hell is that smell? Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. What? You look like my cousin. Really? Yeah, she's ugly. My mommy says, my dad has a mistress. What does that mean? It means you're gonna have two Christmases this year. What happens um, after you die? You take a nice, long nap, and no one bothers you. Do you ever wake up? God, I hope not. Kramer walks into a smoky jazz lounge. He takes a seat at the bar and watches a woman in a red dress sing on stage with a small band. 
please. Uh, that was quite the chanson you sang up there, Miss Melenfant. A little Greco with a touch of Gansberg. Ah, you're a man who knows his French music. Oh, I know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> We're like in that way. What can I do for you, Mr. Kramer? Well, I was told you had information on our mutual friend. Ah, oh, yes. Mr. Sakamono. You know, your friend had dangerous hobbies. He did not make many friends in my world. And what world is that? It is a cold world, Mr. Kramer. Not a world for people like him. Or you. I shouldn't be talking to you. Well, why not? As you said, you are dangerous. Look, I just want to bring Bob back home to his wife and kids. Don't you have a family? Don't you know what it's like to be away from the ones you love? The woman turns and looks far into the distance. I had a family once, but that was a long time ago. Kramer cranes his neck to see what she's looking at. She turns back to Kramer and touches his arm. Your friend is still alive. If you act fast, you may save him, but... Cherie! Kramer turns to see a burly, drunken bear of a man on stage, gripping the microphone and scanning the crowd with wide, furious eyes. Cherie, I know you're here. Where are you? When Kramer turns back, the woman is gone. Mom, I can't talk. I'm headed out the door. I'm going on Conan tonight. Mom? Jerry. There was an accident. Uh, what? When? Are you okay? When you were a boy. What? We were driving out to your Uncle Mac's farm. On the highway. An old woman hit an animal. Your father got out to help. It was a deer. It wasn't dead yet. It was kicking and flailing and making the most awful sound. I told him to kill it, put it out of its misery. Your father carried a gun back then. But he was a bad shot. It took him a few tries. Got blood all over him. The poor thing. The old woman had a heart attack in her car. 
We didn't know what to do. There was... a man. He... ran up to the car and he... pulled her out. But she was already dead. The man... he screamed. He kept saying, Not again. Not again. Jerry? It was you. What? Only... It wasn't. It wasn't you at all. Mom, what are you talking about? Then... The man disappeared. There was no car, no woman, just the deer and your father, covered in blood. He stunk the whole way home. It got dark early that day. Mom? You see it. Don't you, Jerry? See what? You see it. Jerry looks up. His jaw drops. We see, from his perspective, the rarely seen fourth wall of his apartment. Or rather, where the wall should be. In its place, we find a vast black expanse, the wooden floor stretching out into darkness. And then, suddenly, the darkness is gone. The apartment is once again as it should be. is closing in 10 minutes. Please have your Next. Hi, I called about your 33 cent Beatles commemorative stamps. <laughs> ah, Mr. Yerkes, as I've explained to you twice now, the United States Postal Service has no current or future plans to issue a specific stamp honoring Pete Best. <laughs> mm, okay. It feels kind of short-sighted to me, but what can you do, you know? You can't fight City Hall, huh? Will that be all? Yeah, that's it. Next! Actually, while I'm here, I've been meaning to ask... Yes? What's going on with the mailboxes? What do you mean? Well... I opened my mailbox the other day, and there was nothing in there. Nothing in there, you say? Yeah, nothing. Well, you probably didn't get any mail that day. No, I mean there was no mailbox. No mailbox? 
Yeah, it was all big and empty and dark. Are you making them bigger? Making them bigger? Yeah, I mean, there's gotta be a benefit to that if you're getting an oversized package in the mail. You could get a bigger mailbox and then get the package in the mailbox. But if that's the case, you'll have to make all the mailboxes bigger. And then the mailroom's gotta get bigger too. Because my lobby is pretty small as it is. Stacy, I need to step out. Can you assist this gentleman? However long, that's gonna be disruptive to the flow of the mid-size. That means I didn't sign up for this. Elaine walks into a darkened hotel room, dragging her suitcase behind her. David? What? What are you doing here? Uh, what? In bed? No, in Taiwan. I don't know. Traveling. How did you get here? Probably took the bus. From New York? Or a plane? I don't know. Whatever. Putty, how did you get in my room? Through the door. The locked door? Yeah, that's right. David, this doesn't make any sense. David! Whatever. I'm not even here. What? David, get up and look at me when I'm talking to you. Fine. David! Oh my god, what happened to your face? What, the holes? What do you think? Elaine steps back and tries to open the door. But finds it locked. Come here, I'll do yours. Help! Help, David, stay away from me! Don't yell at me! See, this is why I'm going to help. Help, someone, please! She pulls at the handle and pounds on the door as Putty grabs her by the shoulders. And wakes up, still on the airplane. Hello? Hey, Julie. Mr. Kramer, how did it go? Oh, hard to say. We were talking, things were going well, and then she just disappeared. Disappeared? Vanished entirely. You know, I'm beginning to wonder if she might be a... a ghost. No, I don't think she's a ghost. Well, did you ever touch her? No, did you? Well, yeah. And? Corporeal. Mr. Kramer, please don't give up. Bob's out there, somewhere. I need him. Our son needs him. You know, it occurred to me, he started a new job this week. A new job? Yes, Champagne Video on 79th Street. Maybe you could go down there? I'll go tomorrow, but I think we should stay open to the ghost thing, too. Mr. Kramer, I really have to go. You know, my buddy Lomez sees ghosts all the time, and he says, hello.
about light and darkness. In dark times, it can be difficult to see the light, but at the same time, when the light is on, the darkness doesn't seem so dark anymore. You see, light has a way of brightening any dark situation, just as darkness has a way of making things a little less bright. When a room is too dark to see, a practical solution would be to turn on a light switch or perhaps open a curtain to let in the sun. Though, if the sun has set, that might not be helpful. The prophet Isaiah... Hello? Hey, Katie, it's me. Jerry, it's been years. How are you? Hey, I'm on my way to the show, but I'm running late. Can you call Conan's people and let him know? Show? What show? A show? Show? A uh, show about nothing. What? Jerry, are you alright? What? Jerry, I don't work for you anymore. Remember? Okay. Thanks, Kitty. It's Katie. Jerry, you're making me freak out a little. <laughs> What's going on? Jerry, hello? Jerry? Of a man I spoke with just the other day, let's call him Leo, who asked me if it was a sin to show preference to call girls of a specific racial background. His opinion was, if you like their race, then how could it be racist? But maybe that's a conversation for another time. Thank you for joining me. Tune in tomorrow night for another episode of this program, hosted by me, Rabbi Glickman. Good night. Elaine eats the last peanut from the bag on her tray table. The child to her left sits curled in a ball, sleeping quietly. Elaine watches as his blanket slips down from his shoulder. She hesitates, then pulls it up over him. The child lifts his head, then silently leans over and lays it down on Elaine's shoulder. Elaine grimaces, but is careful not to wake him. He starts to mumble in his sleep. Don't, okay. Elaine carefully pulls a copy of Sky Magazine from the seat back and flips it open. Help mommy find your sister's medicine. Elaine shrugs and turns the page. No, daddy's in Korea. No, it's too dark. Laney? <gasps> Elaine stares in shock at the sleeping child. Uh, folks, looks like we're headed into a storm system here. Please return to your seats and fasten your seatbelts.
George walks into his living room, sets a bowl of popcorn on the coffee table, and picks up the plastic case of a rented VHS tape. The cover reads, Rochelle Rochelle 2, Invitation to Lust. George opens the case and removes the tape, then stops and takes a closer look. The label has been torn off. He turns it over. Along the side, he finds a strip of masking tape with the words Hurt Vandalay written in black marker. What the hell? George studies the tape, then slowly places it into the VCR. He picks up his remote and presses play. What a date! You went out with my butler? Who said you could go out with my butler? Well, why do I need your permission? Because he's my butler. <laughs> and cut. Oh my god. The screen cuts to static, then cuts back to reveal an out-of-focus close-up of a menu from monks. What do you do? I'm an architect. Oh my god. Well, it's just because we're standing on opposite sides. See, when we met, I was over there, and you were over here, so the image was reversed. Speak now, or we are headed to the happen. Because I don't really celebrate Christmas. I uh, celebrate Festivus. Festivus. The next recording shows an unfamiliar sight. A dark, empty kitchen. The handheld camera moves slowly toward the cracked door. Oh my god! Through the opening, we see George, a few years younger, sitting on his couch and talking on the phone. You did, huh? But you're still... Uh... Oh, me? <laughs> the prince of the province. Yeah, yeah. How are things with the, uh, the virgin? Well, good luck with all that. All right, I'll see. No? Where were we? Oh my god! Suddenly, the tape spins out of control. The VCR shakes wildly, shooting sparks and smoke into the air. Through the cacophony of the distorted recording, we hear a voice. This week's musical guest is Bambi Lamb, a singer-songwriter from Gainesville, Florida. Her music is a unique blend of retro, art pop, and indie. You can find her music on Spotify, Apple Music, and SoundCloud. Here with tonight's featured track, Dreams in Which I'm Loved, is Bambi Lamb. Too 
The Other Side of Darkness is voiced by Michael Scudieri as Jerry, Ethan Dragon as George, Beth Maraver as Elaine, Mike Dowd as Kramer, Drew Grant as Juliet, Katie Drake as Cherie Malenfant, Jason Jerkowitz as the boy on the plane, Colin Keating as the John Cohen as Cedric Kruger, Rabbi Glickman, and Fred Yerkes. Marcella Bataro as Bob and Newman. Kate Marcus as Helen Seinfeld. Samantha Miller as Katie. And Ryan Paul as David Putty. Additional voices by Lindsay Watson, Caleb Brown, Richard Penner, and Doug Everly. Music by Cody McCory, Patrick Edwards, Ivor Bowitz, Matthew McAlvin, Fletcher Allison, Jake Bowman, Caleb Churchill, Patrick Mahan, and Robert McDonald. Jetem Jetem, performed by Katie Drake. Written and recorded by Randy Michael for Echo Real Publishing, BMI, 2017. Founders of Time, recorded by Aramix. Adult Wasteland, recorded by Cold Mailman. Cool Vibes, recorded by Kevin McLeod. Link and license information in our show notes. Subscribe to The Other Side of Darkness so you won't miss the story once it begins this fall. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave us a positive rating and review on your podcasting app. You can follow Sign Peaks on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and we've also got a Facebook group you can join. Just search Sign Peaks, two words, on Facebook. And you can also visit our store at signpeaks.threadless.com for merchandise. 50% of proceeds for the month of March will be donated to Care International. And if you'd like to support this series, you can visit patreon.com signpeaks to get early access to episodes and exclusive merchandise. All links mentioned can be found in this episode's show notes. Thanks for listening. The Other Side of Darkness was made possible thanks to the backing of over 100 supporters through sites like kickstarter.com. Here are just a few of those supporters I'd like to recognize. Kelly Green, Sarah W., Laura Stewart, Penelope Sweet, and Charles Robinson. If you enjoy this podcast, you might also enjoy watching Owen Wilson, the first podcast dedicated entirely to everyone's favorite catchphrase-loving comedic actor. Hosts Jake Menez and Michael J. Teeter make their way through Owen Wilson's entire filmography, rating each movie, counting each wow, and bringing in guests in an effort to befriend Owen Wilson himself. Find Watching Owen Wilson on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and at watercooler.com. You can also listen to Mike Dowd, the voice of Kramer on this podcast, on his own podcast, Welcome to Twin Speaks. Here's Mike and co-host Janine with more. Hi! I'm Mike. And hello, I'm Janine. And this is Welcome to Twin Speaks. We are a bi-weekly podcast exploring the weird and wonderful world of David Lynch's master hit TV series, Twin Peaks. We will be going episode by episode, really discussing the legacy of Twin Peaks that it's left for television and pop culture that maybe you've never heard before. And if you're someone like me, who's actually seeing it for the very first time, um, I welcome you to dive in with me with no spoilers as we go along and I avoid all the Google researching in what's to come with fresh eyes and fresh ears and bask in the wonderfully weird. Yes. And if you've seen the show before, you can see it through the first time through Janine's eyes. It'll be like it'll be like you're watching Twin Peaks for the first time. So grab a cup of joe, grab some donuts and some cherry pie, and join us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to Twin Speaks.
The Other Side of Darkness is written, performed, and produced strictly as a work of parody. The Other Side of Darkness is not endorsed by Castle Rock Entertainment, Sony Pictures, NBC, Warner Brothers Records, Rhino Records, Lynch Frost Productions, Twin Peaks Productions, CBS, or Showtime. This podcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Seinfeld, the Seinfeld logo, and all Seinfeld characters, story elements, and intellectual property are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. The makers of The Other Side of Darkness make no claims, directly or indirectly, of ownership to any elements held by these trademark and or copyright holders, other than original characters, story elements, and other intellectual properties created specifically by the makers of this podcast. Musical elements referencing themes and motifs from the original theme music to Seinfeld and Twin Peaks are created expressly as works of parody and do not imply claims to ownership of said music.